Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm going to be talking about, yes, that's right, I am in the London 2024 marathon, and I cannot believe it. It's exciting news for me. I've been trying to get into the London marathon for years, and if I'm totally honest with you, I've only ever entered via the ballot. Um, I've talked about this before. Running for me is a passion. So I've always felt kind of half-hearted in trying to represent a charity, um, unless it really meant something to me. And it, it was only one of one or two charities that I was going to go for because they actually had some meaning behind it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So for those who um, aren't interested in this, uh, are just here for the running statistics, skip ahead five minutes or so or how long. How long. If you are interested in the charities, please stick around. Um, for me personally, I'm representing Asthma and Lung UK. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm an asthmatic. I am somebody who's really, when I was younger, really struggled with asthma. Uh, I really had fitness issues. I struggled to keep fit young when I was younger. I used to hyperventilate a lot. Uh, every time I used to be able to, whenever I pushed myself, when it came down to, for instance, like cross country or football, um, I would really like put myself into a dangerous state, I would say, of hyperventilation and just overreacting towards uh, lung issues. And the doctors used to say, there's not a lot you can do. Here's two inhalers, brown one, blue one. Uh, at one point, I was taking medicine for it as well. And I, I, you know, I got to, I think I got to like 18 or 19 years old. Um, and I really, it got to me. And I thought to myself, the one thing that has made me struggle was running. The one thing that scared me was running because that was what put me into the hyperventilation, that put me into the asthma danger zone, basically. Don't they know you're in the danger zone? Danger zone. The zone will be one of danger. Uh, (laughs) Danger zone. And it's one of those things that you have to get over. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to do the one thing that's going to challenge that, and that is start running. Now, granted, it sounds very British to, you know, Russell Howard made this joke where he's scared of a dog, let's get him a dog. It's very British, isn't it? He's a terror, he's like, he's struggling with running, let's get him to start running. Like, it is what it is. But I had a few inspirational people around me. I had my mum, who already had been running for years, along with my aunt, and I'd also seen Casey Neistat starting within YouTube and I realized that I was not even trying. I was not doing any sort of exercise apart from playing five-a-side football every now and then Uh, and my fitness was bad. It was bad. I could barely do any push-ups. I could barely do any sit-ups and yeah, I wasn't in great shape and it took me for the past eight years, eight years of running to get to where I am today in terms of being able to run a half marathon without even thinking about it, being able to run a marathon in three hours and 27 minutes, being able to run a half marathon below one hour 40. Like this is, I've built this up. And over time, by just slowly increasing the amount of miles that I put on my body, uh, and at the same time incorporating weightlifting back in 2018, was the thing that counteracted it and allowed me to run more and not get as injured as much. 
got not get uh, <laughs> not get as injured as much. And I think that's something that's not talked about a lot within the running community is that there needs to be some sort of muscle building to be able to help with your running and stop injury and to make sure that you have the other side of the coin. So you've got your muscle building and you've got your cardio. So your cardio versus something that isn't extremely cardio based, which is weightlifting. And this isn't very scientific, I know, but this is just the experience that I've had over the years. And asthma for me, once I'd got to the point where I'd attempted to run a marathon for the first time back in 2000 and I want to say 18, 2018, 2019, when it was 32 degrees out, sorry, 35 degrees out. Uh, so who gives a fuck? And that's Celsius, by the way, for the Americans. And 35 degrees Celsius out. And I decided to try and run around this four mile track uh, multiple times until I hit 26 miles. Sadly, I only got 18 in. And I realized that my asthma was still there because by the time I hit 18, my lungs were tight and I was seriously struggling to like still breathe because it really got to me. And that's when I discovered Goggins. And that's when I discovered that I was leaving a lot on the table and that I allowed asthma to get to me. And I think for me personally, if I allowed it to continue to haunt me, and allow me to just have it as a weakness, have it there as something that's on my shoulder and use it as an excuse to not push myself, I wasn't going to allow that to happen. And I didn't want to be that kid who always said, oh yeah, I could have done this, but because of this, it's not worth it. It's just an excuse. You allow yourself to do it. Now, there are people with actual asthma issues, actual lung condition issues, that they can't do anything because their lungs literally won't allow them to do it. Now, those are the people we're donating to with this cause. This cause is personal for me because I want to kill asthma with my bare hands, you know? Damn you all to hell! I refuse to die like this! I'll drive them all out! Kill them with my bare hands! Do you hear me? And, <laughs> and I want to do it by raising enough money. And in my case, my goal is £2,000. I want to get that £2,000. I know it's not, you know, it to me, it's a lot of money. Uh, I think to, to the cause, it's really going to help. Uh, I am going to put the link in the description. So those who are still listening, please take a look. Take a look at my story that I've written down there. Uh, and also, just whatever. You know, even if you can't support... Uh, financially, just, you know, whatever you can, you know, a message, a support, a comment, whatever you like, it really, you know, it all matters, it really does, because in my opinion, if we can all just realise that the limitations we place on ourselves are a lot of the time mental, uh, and that if you allow that, it can really limit you in your pursuit of stuff that's really meaningful to you. And the other cause that I was going to talk about as well, so there's Asthma and Lung UK, who are the first people I went to them, applied for them. I also applied for Cancer Research UK. Now, Cancer Research UK also have a place in my heart because of the women in my family who struggled with cancer. I never met my grandma growing up because uh, she died the uh, a year after, a year or two after I was born and never really got to know, you know, she'd passed away because of cancer. Because of breast cancer and my great-grandma also had that as well 
and my mum has had a scare with it so it's and we've seen friends of the family also have scares with it so it is to me and to my family very personal something that I would also happily represent if I could represent two charities at once I would I tell you that now we'd be going back to back sort of thing but sadly you can't you only represent one of the London Marathon I will be representing asthma and lung UK and I believe it's a great cause I believe both causes are great I'm sure that cancer research is going to get plenty of applicants and plenty of people to support them down the line and I think that they They've got me verbally, verbally, you know, putting them on, but also I will be representing uh, Asthma and Lung UK. So for me personally, and for you, the listener, go out there, go look at your local charity. And the reason why I'm doing this now is because I have the, I, I work for a company that I'll be able to help, that will be able to help with. I'll be able to publicise this and be able to get more people to donate. Uh, I've got a great family uh, who support me in this matter, and I've also proven myself. I've proven myself that I can do this run before and no one needs to worry about me not being able to finish it, number one. <laughs> That's always the number one thing that scares that you represent a charity and then you don't finish the marathon. That's always it. Uh, number one. And number two is doing it in a good time as well. I, I know this is very selfish, but for me personally, uh, I can't... I am always very competitive in terms of marathon running, running in general for me. It's, it's me versus me. It's no, no one else. I just have a time in my mind that I have to accomplish. Now, when I went and did the Brighton Marathon, I just wanted to get below 3 hours and 30 minutes. That was it. Accomplished that one. For this marathon, for London Marathon, I'm really aiming. It's not until April 2024, but I'm hoping for below uh, three hours and 25 get below that full five five and a bit minutes faster uh, i don't know if that's going to be possible uh, my plan for those who are back at the podcast who've skipped forward out the the <laughs> out of the 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 uh, charity section what i'm doing now is i'm slowly increasing to 50 miles a week so I'm going at the moment, my baseline's 25. I'm going to be adding uh, 25 extra miles per week by the time we reach marathon. Obviously, I'm going to rein it in and have a week of uh, what you would call like quote unquote rest a little bit, but it just means doing less miles. Like still for my body personally, uh, I, I, if I take days off, I just, my mental health kind of goes a little bit. So for me personally, I have to do it. It's something at the back of my head. I struggle really, and I don't know if many people can kind of relate to this, but for me, I have to do it. It has to be done. It has to be ticked off like a list uh, because it just makes me feel human again. It's like uh, what Goggins says, evil can't stand a 10-mile run. And if you've ever run 10 miles, anything that's bothering you, anything at all, like genuinely, I've been for one early. I went for 12.5 miles. And I went at a, a chilled pace of, I think it was like 8 minutes and 11 seconds per mile. So really chilled pace. And you just feel like nothing. So, you know, water over ducks, ducks back. Just kind of, ah, oh, oh, the endorphins. Oh, I feel amazing. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Don't know why I did the accent. But it's, it's you know, in, in life, everything can feel very up here. I've talked about this so many times. Like I love talking about it. It's like this this idea that you can you can do the nine to five, you can do the um, your day to day job, and you can feel very yeah, just kind of. I think um, who is it? I think it's in uh, Wolf Wolf of Wall Street where he says, "Yeah, we're working with numbers. It's very." Uh, uh, uh. Think about it. You're dealing with numbers all day long. 
decimal points, high frequencies, bang, 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 <laughs> fucking digits, <laughs> all very acidic, above the shoulders, mustard shit. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, and I love, love that scene because he's like, he is right. If you're working for it, like either in like a, a computer science industry or what you're working with uh, IT or you're working with um, anything that's very screen based, you, you do get like that. There's a little bit of tension that builds up within you. And so when you do these long runs, they just take it out of you. They just take that sort of negativity, any sort of um, resentment you may have towards people. You're just like, yeah, it's fine. Life is good. We're all good. Everybody's fine. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. And it could be that maybe that's not going to work for you. Maybe you're always going to be kind of just like up here with the tension. But that's, I do recommend it because a nice long slow run just kind of makes you think, makes you realize as well what's important to you, what position you are in in life. Um, meditation as well, it's, it is a form of meditation. I think it was Jesse Itzler who said he doesn't meditate but if he goes on a run, that is his meditation because it's his only time alone. He talked about that with uh, in the book Living with the Monks and it was this idea that up until his time before the monastery, he'd never spent any real time alone because he had kids, wife, business, all of these things, uh, just constant chatter, being on his phone, and then when he came out of the monastery, because he'd spent so much time there, so much time in the in the zone of yourself, you realise that everything around you becomes external, and you know the things you can't control no longer affect you as much as the things that you can control. So what can you control in your life that's going to make you happier? And for me personally, getting that long run out on a Sunday is just going to... And exhale. You just, there's nothing there. There's no angst. It's all gone. And when I'm recording these videos, sometimes I do them Saturday nights and I'll have done a really long gym session in the uh, morning or the afternoon. And so I'm, I'm coming in here happy-go-lucky because I don't, you know, it, I don't feel... And I've talked about this with, with a close friend of mine. We were having a chat the other day uh, via, I think it was... Was it, uh, da, 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 da. I've forgot, forgotten the name. Um, I think I've got it here, the app, Discord. That was it, Discord. And she was saying to me, just like, putting your negativity or your emotion onto other people is weighing them down a little bit. And that can be really, that can affect them. So if you're just expressing all of your emotion onto somebody else, it can just feel like you're placing your weight of your shoulders, that tension I talked about earlier, onto somebody else. And you're just doing it to make yourself feel better, but you don't realize that you're putting it onto another person. And you're saying, here you go, here's my weight uh, so that I can feel better. And then you don't realize, oh no, I've just done that to someone else. <laughs> and it's nothing like, you know, for me personally, I mean, I've heard that a lot of people say that's kind of negative because you're holding it in. But for me personally, I don't hold emotion in like that. For me, I express emotion through my workouts and I can uh, journal and, and put it out externally. I don't want to, um, 
I don't want to make it about me all the time. You know, that's that's the main thing. I am a very selfish person. Let's be honest. Like we're doing a one-to-one podcast right now. I accept that thoroughly. But if I'm gonna die one day, I'm gonna do my thing, and that's how it is. Like life is very fleeting, and yes, make some sacrifices here and then for other people. But sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do, man. That's it. There's no like the, I've got a tick list in my mind. I was making it early. I was like, holy crap, I've done this, 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 and this this year. And next year I'm going to be doing the marathon. What else can I do to, to keep going, to keep these goals, to keep that, that level of happiness high? Because we can all feel that day-to-day can, can feel a little bit like a mundane thing. But if you have those things that you really care about, that you're passionate about, then everything can feel meaningful like everything that you're moving towards it can feel passionate towards because you have those goals and i don't mean you're going to be forgetting about the day-to-day things like i said in multiple podcasts before where you're enjoying the little things in life but you've also got to have the big goals you know one of mine i really want to climb kilimanjaro my driving instructor talked talked to me recently when he was like 18 or 19 he went abroad and he, he spent like six months there in africa and then he went and did kilimanjaro when he was ill and it's like dude that's so cool and it's so awesome to hear people do that like that's what i'm inspired by day you know when people do that i'm just sat there in awe like of people and then he told me he went and did the three sisters in like one in 24 hour period i was like bro like that's so those are the things that i'm looking for those are the the achievements that i look at in life and i'm starting to realize like yes that's absolutely nuts that's fine with me but like not everyone's gonna love that and that's okay goggin says it best he says when people stop understanding you that's when you know you've done it right that's when you know that you're heading in the right direction. Because if you want to be like everyone else, then they're always going to understand you. But if not everyone understands you, then you're moving in the right direction. So, yes, London, back to the London Marathon. Sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant there. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. The London Marathon training. How do I, how do I get there? Well, like I said, baseline at the moment. 25 miles 25 miles a week which I, as i've talked about before in previous podcasts like i've talked about in my brighton marathon podcast uh you put a five miler on a friday you put an eight miler on a wednesday and you put around a 10 to 13 miler on a sunday today it was 12.5 uh, i think i did da, 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 what did i do on i think i did seven 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 and a half on friday in the end and seven on wednesday to try and make it up in between because i wasn't like i was i've been a bit busy over the weekend and that was like that's a little bit more intense i'm trying to up those miles so i'm adding a run on tuesdays which i don't normally do normally it's just a weight training day so it's going to be more difficult it's going to be more calories being taken in so that i can get the massive uh, <laughs> get the pump the greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump let's say you train your biceps blood is rushing into your muscles and that's what we call the pump your muscles get a really tight feeling like your skin is going to explode any minute you know it's really tight it's like somebody blowing air into into your muscle it just blows up and it feels different it feels fantastic and this is another thing to be a hybrid athlete athlete and you, you try and be a hybrid athlete and you need to make sure you're also eating properly eating good fruits 
making sure that you're stretching a lot. One of the things that I'm struggling with at my moment is my lower back because I thought the other day, you know what, I haven't squatted in a while, let's see how I can do that. And you're like, oh no, this is a terrible idea. Uh, and I also thought, ah oh, yes, I've seen knees over two toes do this, why didn't I try doing that? And then, yeah, that's double, double trouble for my back. So I'm going to stick to my stretching routine and not use any weighted things yet and build my way up until I can stretch all the way to my toes without having to bend my legs when touching them. So that's the main thing. Hopefully, if I can increase my flexibility by the time uh, I'm doing the London Marathon, my stride will be a little bit longer and that will mean it'll give me the flexibility to be able to uh, get faster because of it. And then also I'm going to be incorporating heart rate training. I've never done this before. So I've been, <laughs> I know it's crazy, isn't it? I've been running for eight years and I haven't done any heart rate training. All I've ever done, right, up until this point in those three runs a week is basically uh, go for a fast, fast speed run on Friday. And then Wednesday can be a mix of it, like a, it can be any sort of, it can be a slow pace or a fast pace, uh, depending on how I'm feeling at the time, energy wise. And then Sunday's always just race pace. Now, that's probably not good because those aren't real variations over time. It has helped me up to this point. It has main, meant that I was running at a 7.54 pace for Brighton uh, and a 7... Do, 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 I want to say 7.45 for uh, Ma Manchester. But I think I can go faster. I think I can get to 7.30. And I think that the only way I'm going to be able to do that is by setting runs like on Tuesday at seriously slow paces. So having that heart rate at 140 and running at probably like an eight minute 30 pace. Now, for me personally, that hurts a little bit because obviously my overall pace for the year is going to go over. It's going to go up from last year. So 750 last year, it's probably going to go all the way up until 755 for this year. Um, maybe even eight minutes, which kind of like uh, hurts me inside, but it's going to be more miles and it's also going to help with the race pace overall. And I need to get over my ego a little bit and just be like, right, okay, I'm going to sacrifice some of these days, like Tuesday and Wednesday for the low heart rate training, race race pace uh, on Sunday, and Friday maybe mix it up a little bit, maybe switch it out. But I've also got a race plan starting in December using my RunKeeper app where it's going to have four runs a week, maybe even five runs to truly like nail it in and focus in on that heart rate training and being able to make sure that I'm putting in the positive miles and making sure that I'm, I'm just training right and fueling my body right. And if by, let's say, you know, February of next year when it's really cold here in the UK and I'm still stiff and I'm struggling with injuries or anything along those lines, I will be a little bit worried, but I'm going to have to readjust and maybe just go back down to the three. I can always go back to the baseline. That's what's awesome about building up to this point from the eight years that I've done, you know, the running um, and also knowing what to do in the gym to make sure that I'm not going to injure myself. Uh, so no squatting, no deadlifting, and minimizing any sort of lower back tension that could be uh, created from certain weightlifting movements. So yes, all of that, all of that in, in, in the training plan. Talking about food as well, carbohydrates, something that I've made sure over the, the years that I've truly realized carbs are super important for when it comes down to, to running, but also eating the clean carbohydrates and, and mixing it up a little bit. Not everything has to be dirty, not everything has to be clean. Uh, 
I've always talked about having a balanced diet, having on Fridays, having sweets and stuff like that and enjoying your diet. Uh, and, you know, I think it's it, it's become a bit of a, a fad phase for everybody to, to go to keto, to go to vegan, to go to all of these things. I think very much so personalize it for you and find what works because everyone's different and everyone wants to try new things. And there's no judgment on my side. I've tried everything under the sun, trust me. Uh, and for, for, for you and for me, it, I, I think if you're this far into the podcast, you understand that it's just a trial and fail, sort of find out what works and what doesn't. Failure is um, is something that you should be afraid of. It should be afraid of, but that's why you should go out there and challenge yourself to fail. Because if you're not failing at something, that means you've set your goals to pass. And this is for like proteins, fats, carbs, like everything in there, getting the right minerals, getting the right um, balance. And also understanding as well what works in terms of your tummy issues that can happen before race, if you need to go to the loo, all of these things, understanding what foods are going to affect you in terms of digestion. And that's really important as well. I know exactly the foods to eat before the race that aren't going to affect me. I know what to drink beforehand. Uh, and I've talked about that in my Brighton Marathon podcast, but I, you know, I'll reiterate as well, make sure it's fruit, make sure um, if you are going to be eating before a race, it's going to be some easily digestible high carbohydrate slash sugary foods to be able to get it into the bloodstream and make sure that it's not too much in fiber, otherwise you will be needing to use the loo. Now, one thing I do want to talk about as well is using just the right mindset going in as well. So breathing, one thing I did before the race in Brighton was Wim Hof to make sure that I was expanding those lungs. So Wim Hof technique as well, utilize that. Food, training, stretching, Wim Hof. Boom, you're in there, you've got it, you've got your plan. And I think it's just a, a consistency at the end of the day and enjoying it, like Christ, like if you're hating it, that's not gonna be good. <laughs> Like I love what I do. I love it and I'm passionate about it and I'm obsessed. And that's the right way to be when you, you're doing something. If you're enjoying something in life and you're obsessed about it, then that's, that's, that's the way forward. And not everyone's going to understand that. But at the end of the day, you're going to be happy. And that's what matters. So leaving it there on that really positive note, I will be running the London 2024 Marathon. I hope to see you, the listener, the viewer there. This has been the Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Why the fuck are you out here? I said, because you're not.